You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 58, and today I'm chatting and laughing with Sophie Hudson, a.k.a. Boo Mama. If you've never read anything by Sophie or heard her speak, well, you're in for a treat. First of all, let's talk about her accent. Love it. It's awesome. She was born in Mississippi and now lives in Alabama, and she's just Southern through and through. Her stories are fabulous. Her people are fabulous. Her writing, she's been writing at her blog, boomama.net, since I think for the last nine years is what she said. Just bringing glory to the ordinary. She helps you see life with new eyes. I remember the first time I met her, I was telling her about my boys. And the joy she had in hearing I had a seven-year-old boy at the time was like, it just gave me life to kind of appreciate. I have a seven-year-old boy that is special instead of, you know, oh, those boys. I mean, she just brings joy to everything she talks about. So we have a good time. We talk about um, her books, her blog, but we also, we focus in on, you know, just writing down your stories, the, why why that's important and why she chose to do it. And then also we go into, you know, how so- Sophie's own Christian walk and her faith journey and, and how she's kind of adjusting her approach to um, her own son's Christianity. And then We talk about friendship and what it takes to be a good friend and what expectations we should have of our friends. And what if we feel left out if we see um, all of our friends got together without us? So we cover a variety of things, um, but I think you will enjoy what Sophie has to share and you will laugh. There's your laugh warning. All right, here we go. Let's get to it. Hey, Sophie, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather, how are you? I am pretty good. Wednesdays are Wednesdays are my long days. They're my long I gotcha. days. Yeah. Yeah. A little BSF, which we're hitting oh. Leviticus. So that was, oh. <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't think I've spent much time there. And so I've learned a lot about blood yes. and sacrificing yes. today. You've learned about a lot of processes. A lot of processes. That's how I started the day. And then it just all went down from there. So. Yeah. Yeah. How was your day? My day was good. Wednesdays are kind of a, an easier day for me because, you know, I work um, with teenagers. I work at a Christian school here in Birmingham. And so um, just because of the way our Wednesday schedule is, it it just the day is a little bit more, um, a little less full than some mm. days are. And so um, because I'm working with teenage girls all day. And so I told my husband, I had, I've just had a lot of fun times today listening to teenage girls conversations and um anyway. what, what do you do with them well my my 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just kind of like, I'm just there for him. I mean, That's we have right. like a, we have a, a guidance counselor at our school and we have, and we have, we, we actually have a couple of those and we have a licensed counselor who can deal with really serious issues <laughs> that, that they're facing. Uh-huh. I'm really there for day-to-day drama. Like I am, if, you know, if it breakups, arguments, friend drama. Okay. I wish you were at my Christian school when I was in <laughs> high school. That's <laughs> awesome. Every day is different, but, but, um, but today was, today was low drama. Today was just a lot of fun. Today was lots of just hanging out and talking and, um, and then, you know, I helped do some different things with them to, um, just kind of spiritual formation things and that kind of stuff. So it's pretty fun. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I had no idea that was what your job. I knew you went to a workplace. You talk about walking into work. Yes. But I I don't talk about it a whole lot because, you know, typically, um, I don't know if you know this, Heather, but teenagers don't really like for you to tell their stories. Mm -mm, No. Mm -mm. (laughs) I have a couple nieces and nephews that age. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling you you knew that. Yeah. So I don't talk Mm -hmm. about it much just because I want them to know that, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah. Like that they're not blog fodder or book yes. fodder or You're anything like that. You're not using them for, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm telling you, I can't even imagine nowadays with so- the social media. Oh, what, I just. Uh, I couldn't listen, even imagine. Oh, and, and two, you know, like I just, I just saw a tweet a little bit ago from some of the kids to me because they saw something on Instagram earlier. And so, I mean, you know, it's just like we're just in constant contact, mm. just, you know, all day which mm. it's not a bad thing. You get to know them really well. And, um, you know, you kind of get to see their personalities, not just in school, but out of school. And um, I love them a lot. It's a ton of fun. That's so great. Okay. So I know a little bit about you, but some of my listeners may not, which I'm hoping that'll change after this episode. Will you kind of just introduce them to like your hubby, your life? You kind of mentioned you're in Birmingham. So Yes, I'm in no. Birmingham. I've, uh, I'm sure you can't tell by my accent, but <laughs> I love I've, it so much. I've lived in the deep south my whole life. Mm. Um, I grew up in Mississippi, and then um, I married a guy that I had known my whole life, pretty much, um, mm. and uh, named David. And when we got married, um, we moved to Baton Rouge, lived down there for a few years, and then we came here, and we have been here ever since. And we have a little boy who is in the fifth grade mm-hmm. who's 11 and we have a really high maintenance dog named hazel yes and um, i've heard just about just about her as your son yes yeah i don't see i don't tell his stories much anymore either mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of good to have a dog you know it gives me something <laughs> to talk about um and so we have a high maintenance dog and um i don't know we just have an easy little life and so i just started a blog about nine years ago and Really just this kind of like end of day decompression a little bit, you know, when you have toddlers yeah. um, or a toddler in my case. And so um, I started a blog and then just kind of over time just started to write different places for different people doing different things. And wow. now there's some books. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And, you know, I hadn't I was really late to get on the big boo bandwagon. Like. <laughs> I just, I just, oh, I think was, bandwagon would be a strong word. Well, I, I like, you know, with your tagline, tens of people, I don't think that's, that's right. true. I think there's a couple more, but I just, I, I just, I just hadn't, you hadn't, hadn't crossed my path. And then, you know, you know, when um, Bill said, oh, you've got to read, you've got to read <laughs> Big Mama and Boo Mama. You just, you need, you need to write like them. They're so sure. funny. You need to write like them. And I, 
was like, okay, well, I'll go check out Big Mama and Boo Mama. Like, I'm saying it so formal. And then, you know, here I am, God-centered mom. And I start reading, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, they're hilarious. And they make anything sound interesting. I think the first post I read was Melanie talking about her junk drawer. I said, she just wrote, like, 700 words about her junk drawer. (laughs) That's, that's, um... We always like, you know, we can, we write a lot of words about nothing. Well, um, I'm hooked. I'm hooked now. It's like, I just so see sweet. it in my face. It comes up in my Facebook feed late at night and I read it then. I read it the second oh. you post it. It's up there and I'm like, well, here we go. I'm, 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 I'm suckered in. I don't even think I've subscribed. I just go straight from the Facebook straight yeah. to, to your site yeah. because I don't need any, I mean, it's, it's really awesome how you guys can we'll go see. on and on. It's amazing. Every day, just a new pile of nothing. We're just happy to serve. I mean, it's just—it's <laughs> <laughs> oh so good we found each other. That Melanie, who, who, Big Mama, it's so good that we found each other yes. because um, I think I don't know. I think without each other, we probably both would have quit. Because I mean, there are just a lot of—I mean, just—and Melanie is super smart, but there are just a lot of really brilliant women who write a lot of really brilliant things daily. Yeah. You know, I feel like in blog land and yeah. um, just a ton of spiritual depth out there. And <laughs> and so I just it's good to have a partner who also needs to just like talk about a poncho every now and again. Or so. <laughs> but here's the thing. We're all living regular lives, right? We're right. All living regular lives. And y'all what it is, is you have this tone of kindness and just sweetness and enjoying life that is contagious and I just I mean even when you when you write about people you're never mean-spirited even even when I've met you I mean you're just just not a bone in your body that feels mean-spirited or angry or and I know that you're not you know an angel but I I I know you're I mean are you I'm really I can I can promise you I'm not yeah I know we all Uh sin that's what I do know Romans that you're quoting later Mm -hmm. Romans tells me that all have sinned so I, but I just, you know, even, even your first book, um, a little salty to go with, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess up the name of it. A oh, listen, sal- this is, this is the best part about that book. Yeah. Is I, I, I laugh about it all the time because the title is tricky. It's a little salty to cut the sweet. Yeah. But in, when I've gone to speak places and people get up there and you can tell like they <laughs> really like, worked oh, no. hard and you can see the panic come over their faces. <laughs> When they get like the first three words, and then they're like, like, "I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what else follows." I think it's a little sweet to cut the salt, a little salty to cut the sweet, and then they mix them up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. But if it it makes you feel better, my mother-in-law does not even get it right. She um, calls the first book a little bit of salt and a whole lot of sugar. It's what she calls (laughs) the first one. And then the second book, which is called Home is Where My People Are, she calls it Home My People Are the Road. So. I totally oh, get it. It's I a lot of words. It. Well, I a lot just, of words. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, the 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 first book. And speaking of your mother in law, I was going to bring that up. I just and and when you tell these stories, you're talking about them, and it makes me think of my people. So I oh, love that your next book was about your people because I was thinking about um, your stories. About your mother-in-law and just, you know, how, what she calls things and going around with her sweet friend, Rubina. And yeah. and it reminds me of my, actually, my grandmother was, um, would always call the gym the spa. 
that she was going to the spa. <laughs> and that just came to me when I read your book and I was like, oh, you know, and I was thinking about her and her sister were just the best of buddies and walking around and the way they would talk. And it just, it made me realize I take it for granted. Those are my stories. And I just kind wow. of assume everyone's, you know, knows that or it doesn't seem as special. But when you write it out, it's special. The everyday. I think everybody should write their stories down. And I'll, I think the thing with me is because I was a, I was a kind of a late in life baby for my parents. And mm-hmm. so my grandparents were older. So my grandparents died when I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my, the, my last grandparent died when I was a senior in high school. And mm-hmm. so like my son has never known them. And mm-hmm. so, um, so for me, it was a way to kind of introduce him to some people he had never, that he'll never meet. But, I want him to have affection for them. You know, I want my, mm-hmm. my nephews to have affection for them. I want my niece to have affection for them. And so mm-hmm. um, that was kind of why I wanted to write it all down. And it's and it's the little things. So my one question is, as a writer type person, how do you remember mm-hmm. all these details? Like, I don't know. Honestly, amazing. I, I promise. My sister and I both have this, the strangest, most specific memories. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's, and, and honestly, like there are times when she has filled in gaps for me or my cousin has filled in gaps, right? but um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I think it's, I, I'm, I must just be hardwired that way or something. And yeah. I think the, you know, the Lord gave me that, uh, that uh, like recall or it's almost like there's a picture in my head and it's like it got snapped and mm. I can go back to it. It's really strange. I mean, I mean, I've had those friends, they can quote lines from movies. They remember very specific things like, like you pull up in your post, you'll just like write in like something hilarious from some movie. And it, it, once you say it, I'm like, Oh yeah. But I don't know <laughs> if I would have pulled that up. But there's other stuff I don't remember. It was at my computer. I'm sorry. There's other stuff I like. I don't remember jokes. I don't. Mm. I couldn't tell you. There's there's one joke I know, and it's because Alex has told it about I don't know 182 times. <laughs> um, and and but I don't. I can't tell jokes. There's there's stuff like that that I don't remember at all. But for some reason, it, like family stuff. Um, I think, and too, because I was the youngest, I think I watched so much when I was little because I couldn't, I was never in the conversations because the little kids didn't talk, you know, I mean, we, so I was never in the conversations. I was always listening. And even now I would so much rather listen than talk. And so I think I just kind of rehearsed listening for a really long time before I got to participate in the storytelling. I I, I remember you were saying you were 10 years younger than your older two siblings. Mm -hmm. I'm 11 years younger than my older two siblings. So I, oh, really? I, I kind of get that. Yeah. yeah. I had a younger brother than two who's two years younger, but there was that two family. That was that big gap between. Yeah. And so, yeah, it kind of, it kind of makes you grow up though a little faster. I think it kind of makes you the age of the oldest kid in the family. So, and I think my, my husband is the youngest by 12 years and we yeah. have that in common. And then we have another friend. He's also the youngest by 12 years. And there's something about when mm. you're that, that sort of, uh, you know, I don't know. You're kind of a caboose by a mile. Yeah. That, <laughs> that there's a there's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Because I was probably it was probably college before I felt like I I was really like I was a sibling. You know mm. what I mean? Like because you're kind of an only child until mm. a certain age. At least I was as the yeah. youngest. So yeah. But I love it. I lo- I loved it. I loved it when I was younger. I love it now. Well, and they probably, so, so what I kind of feel like when you get that is you have siblings who can retell you what you did. Because, Absolutely. So yeah. you're, you're, you know, talking about what you remember. 
you have all these, you know, thank you have all the vantage points. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you've got this. You've got the siblings who remember, you've yes. got what you remember, and, and somehow there becomes this whole picture. My sister, though, really does have, like, she has the most detailed memory, I think, of anybody I've ever met. And um, and my little boy has one, too, just crazy detailed memory. And so I don't know what that is. It's a it's gift. Its own, it's yeah. its own little brand of crazy, I reckon. It's a gift that allows you to tell these stories so vividly. That, like, I feel like I know these people that you write oh, about. Good. Oh, it's great. But I think I think you make a good point for people who are listening to, like, write these stories down for mm-hmm. your kids, you know. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to go in a book. Just write them down. I think Alex has gotten to an age um, just, I mean, really over Christmas, he wanted to go back and start reading my blog. Mm. And um, and so sometimes at night when we were sitting around, he'd go back and read old posts. And it was the neatest thing because mm. – that's really like the the biggest. I mean, it's it, I started it when he was two, and he is eleven. So I mean, it's a huge expanse of his life, and it's kind of fun. Well, and I'll tell you when it comes in handy. When my memory fails me, like yes. when my car battery died just the other week, and I could pull up my blog because I knew I wrote about it last time it died, and I could tell the AAA guy exactly the name of the guy who came out last time, and he's like, "That's my cousin." No, no joke, no joke, because I'd written down that it was Mike who came out, and I said, oh, and it says that I bought a new battery. <laughs> like, I could, no, I didn't keep the record or the receipt. I just wrote about it on the No, block. but you wrote about it, so mm-hmm. that totally so counts. it counts, totally. Mm-hmm. So y'all have record upon record. You don't even have to remember from here on out. I love that. It's so great. And, uh, I, you know, I really wanted to have you on the show today, one, because when I was looking up who got you know, has the number one bestseller in the history of Christianity. I saw it was your newest <laughs> book. And I said, for the God's and Mom podcast, we've got to get this Sophie Hudson on here because, sure. you yeah. know, I want to talk a little I, about church history. And sure. um, since I'll be you are the to. expert on that in oh, stirrup okay. pants, mm-hmm. what? I, I know. I um I emailed or I texted one of um, the editors at Tyndale and I said, do we have any idea why my book has been categorized in the... <laughs> In the church history category, we've been so tickled about it. And she said that Amazon will put books and sometimes like apparently like your publisher will pick, you know, like three categories that they want you in. But Amazon will sometimes put you in other ones because they want you to have a shot to be number one in a certain category, which is how I ended up number one in the history of Christianity. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. And I told I told Carol at Tyndale, I was like, well, it's like it's practically like I've written the Bible. And she said, well. She said, don't be surprised if N.T. Wright comes after you and needs some help with yeah. his next study. There's, because there's <laughs> seminarians who are like, darn it, that's Sophie Hudson. Stole my spot. It was hilarious. It's one of my favorite things that's happened. It makes me so happy that it was the number one book in the history of Christianity. Because oh I, I don't know. Anybody who is actually a scholar in that area would be horrified. <laughs> they pick I mean, up the book. They're like, well, we got to see who the latest bestseller is. And they get a copy. That's awesome. Okay. Uh-huh. She's writing about about fried chicken. <laughs> At what, where is that? And where is that in the in the, the history of Christianity? I'm unfamiliar. I don't believe they necessarily well, did that in Judea. But. Okay, but okay, but I did read some of the okay, I'm gonna link it. I'm gonna link it. I did read some of the reviews and I know you probably I know an author doesn't read their own reviews, so you probably haven't. But some of them talk about the con. They're all positive that I saw. That you meant you talk more in this book about your own 
history of becoming a Christian. That's so, right. hence, history and of Christianity. It's Christianity. Heather. Yeah, it uh-huh. makes sense. It's not too far of a stretch. No, not at all. No, I do. I, this one's a little bit more personal Um, to the point. I, I mean, it's not like, it's not, I don't know. I mean, I you know, there's not just tons and tons of details. One time I heard Beth Moore say that, a lot of times when we tell our stories, there's not, you know, there's not always glory in a lot of details. Mm-hmm. And I just took that right to heart. I was mm-hmm. like, I think that's a, that's a, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that. Um, but yeah, it is a little bit more personal. I think that mainly because the last time I wrote about my family in this time, I wrote more about my friends and it's really hard to write about your friends without writing about yourself and the impact that your friends had on you. And Mm -hmm. I think such a big part of my story is that I was kind of miserable in my early twenties. I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how the faith thing worked in the context of real life when I was outside the bubble of, of my, my hometown. And then when my college friends all started to get married and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, so I did. I wrote more about that. I didn't really even plan it and I didn't even love it when I was writing it, but Mm. it was just kind of where the book went. But it's what people are talking about. So that's, it's, well, it's, I mean, I think that's the key that people connect with you because you're talking about stuff they really think about, you know, they think about well, forgetting to put hairspray on yeah. <laughs> the door. Thanks. Thanks. I went to church the other day and I forgot mascara to church. Oh yeah. That's unfortunate. Cause I looked in the mirror. I said, this, why do I look yeah. so funny? What's wrong with yeah. my eyes? And I get closer. I'm like, Oh my heavens. I went to church. I talked to a thousand people. I had no mascara on. I know. I bet time. nobody knows. I bet probably, oh, really people. I, they were they were doing some looks like they were trying to figure <laughs> out what was different with my face, and it wasn't a zit or anything. It was no mascara. So yeah, I think you write about things people get, and that includes our faith journeys because you started off in the Methodist church. I did and went there. I, I mean, that was part of culture, right? To go, hmm. but maybe not so much oh, a personal yeah. relationship. Yeah, I do think. I, I mean, I, I came like I came to. I absolutely believe that I came to faith in Christ when I was 14. I mm. absolutely know that I did. But, um, you know, we didn't have all the buzzwords back then. And right. I, I didn't, like, if you just said, you know, well, who's discipling you? I would have said, <laughs> what, what, what's that? What, what do you right, mean? Disi- right, like, right. I don't know. Like Peter, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, I wouldn't have known. And yeah. so, um, I don't know. It was just a different culture. And so there was just a lot. I thought, well, I just have to figure this out on my own. And I could have absolutely asked my parents. Mm. Um, I could have absolutely asked my, my, my youth director or, or, but it was almost like, I felt like, well, so now I'm in the club and I just, (laughs) I'm in now what to figure out how to make my way. And, Mm. and so because of that, I just had a lot of questions that went unanswered. And you know, when you, when you, I don't know. I think when you don't get your questions answered, it's just it gets easier and easier to wander. And so um, and that was just kind of how my story went. And I, so I thought it was all behavior. I just tried real hard to be the good girl because mm-hmm. obviously that's what God would want. He would want me to be the good girl. Right. And that just, you know, that just won't hold you for long. Yeah. And so um, when I got to college, I, you know, it just all sort of I just I continued to question. And I knew that I knew that, you know, that that, that God loved me and I'm. I I didn't necessarily question my salvation. I just didn't know what to do with it. Mm. And I didn't know how how that was supposed to play out. Mm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, even if you're in the church the whole time, I mean, 
my parents are Christian and I was in the church. I could say the books of the Bible backwards and got some <laughs> prize one Sunday for that. For sure. For sure. And I think even then, you know, and I said the salvation prayer at some point in kindergarten is what they tell mm-hmm. me. And then, you know, in high school, the rededication. And then I think in college I had a moment. You know, I think that it's yeah. a slow revealing, right, of yeah, I who think God so. is, you know. I, 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 think, I absolutely think that. And I think that for some people it is sort of that, you know, like, oh, it's a 180. And it's just an instant 180. Well, if, you, if think, you're living the drug life, which I think. Yeah, you, I think if, really yeah, if you if you are just steeped in rebellion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a different. Yeah, yeah. It's a different, maybe a little bit different deal. But I think if you're, you know, if you're, you're kind of. I always think about Emily Friedman's book called mm-hmm. Grace for the Good Girl. Like it's, yeah. if you're kind of doing the things that you're supposed to do, I don't know. I think that's a good way to put it, a slow revealing. And one Sunday about, I don't know, it was probably five or six years ago. And I always kind of wrestled with that because I never had that, that 180 kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and our pastor kind of preached on that whole thing and about how sanctification is in so many cases, a really gradual thing. It is a, an increasing conviction of our, our, about our own sin and it doesn't always happen instantly. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he, and he just, I remember he said so simply that day, like if you've ever wondered when you look back on that moment, when you came to faith and you look at yourself now and you think, is this really like, is this really real? He said, ask yourself one question. Are you different? Like, Mm. are you different? And that was really kind of liberating for me Mm. because I thought, oh, gosh, when I look at it that way, yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I heard heard you preach in October, so. (laughs) Listen. I heard you preach, and and it was great. It was great. I'm not even just saying that as flattery. That It was really, really awesome. What The words you said, it stuck with me. It makes me want to read the Bible more in that, you know, what you shared. So I do think that God is doing a work in, um, and I'm thankful that you shared that in your story because um, I know there's a lot of women listening who are that good girl, quote unquote, who are in the church and don't know, you know, what's next. And I mean, I I talk to them, they they email me. So um, I think that that is helpful. And I'll put that link to that book by Emily in the show notes. Oh, yeah. That's so they good, can find it. Um, so my, my one question, um, my friend Erin Morgan is reading your book. And so she's my good friend here in Dallas. And she, hey, Erin uh, Morgan. Hey, Erin Morgan. And she, uh, I was like, so you have any questions? I'm going to talk to Sophie. She's like, oh, I want to talk to Sophie. Um, she was just talking about like, you know, that journey, that faith journey. And she was just curious, knowing what you know now, are you doing anything different with your son you know, in his experience oh, of faith. And I thought, well, yeah. that's kind of a good question. So that is a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am. And it's not out of any, like, I don't feel like my parents did anything wrong. Right. It's not that no, at all. No, no, no. But right. I know where I struggled. And mm. so um, even like two nights ago, we were, I was like, any, any questions, <laughs> if you have any questions, like we can always talk about this stuff. We can always, um, and he he has a personality that's really similar to mine. He's a pleaser. Mm. And so, but I'm super aware of it in him. And so just that constant reminder of like, hey, you know, at the at the end of the day, you don't, you really don't have to worry about um, if the whole world is happy with you, mm. which is kind of what I thought that that, that that it was supposed to look like was that the whole world was supposed to be happy with me. Mm-hmm. And um so, yeah, I think so. I think we're a little, we're, we try to be real open about, um, about struggles. I think that, um, 
I don't know. I have to, I, I feel like I, I, I try to admit when I mess up mm-hmm. um, a lot. I mean, I mess up a lot. I try to admit it. And <laughs> <laughs> so that he doesn't get this picture where, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just want him to have a real picture of what it looks like to walk it out. And I also want him to see, and we talk about this a lot, is that the biggest adventure of your life is when you connect um, sort of your God-given passion mm. with, um, I mean, it may be vocationally, it may not be vocationally, but but just the ability to kind of recognize that your God-given passions are there for a reason and to start to walk that out is, is there's nothing else like it. Mm. That's really good. That is really good. And I think that you make a good point going back to thinking about how your child's wired, where they're going to struggle mm-hmm. with faith, like thinking if they are oh, yeah. more of the people pleaser, that they may struggle with the, um, being the good kid to well, earn when, God's yeah. grace. Yeah. And when, when you do that, I think what happens, and this is because I know my own baggage and I know what happens is when you mess up, you hide, mm. you hide it, you conceal, you because you're so scared you're going to let people down. And so, mm. um, so we, I mean, I feel like we go after that big time because that's that's exactly you know where yeah i struggled and so because you just don't want to disappoint people um but you're just a sinner you can't help it you're gonna so yeah anyway i think that's really good i you know i've got four different kinds of personalities we've got the the strong will but you will know exactly when the failing happens. I mean, they don't hide it. It's not Uh hidden, but I do think that, yeah, the pleasers are the, the firstborn sometimes are the ones that want to keep, keep everyone happy. God, you, they're going to just going to work hard and and look good. Look good. No, I think that is a wise word for the God cinema podcast. (laughs) Way to go, boo. That's good. Boo mama. I guess. I got. I don't even call. Can I call you Boo? That's weird. What I just do? Oh, listen. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> boo, boo, mama. That is, that is whatever. You're my boo. It's all so fine. Okay, that's good. That's good. Well, um, okay. One other thing, I you know, t- and talking about your book, Home is where my oh my goodness, Home is where my people are. Listen, see, it makes Girl, me so happy. See? Please, Home please is say, where my people uh, are. Home is where my. Yeah. Just say Home people are the road, <laughs> like Martha does. Please say that. <laughs> Oh my goodness and your friendships you know yes you know in talking about your friendships what do you have any like rules on how you handle you know um talking about your friends or their their information they share with you because it seems like you you do that well yeah I, I have a I do have I don't mean I don't know if Rules. I mean, they're probably not, not formal, but just no. We <laughs> you got them written down on the wall. But anything like any chapters that are kind of about a friend, and there, I mean, a lot of chapters about friends in this book. Um, I would, and I did the same thing writing about my family. Like they kind of got first dibs, mm-hmm. and they, um, and they got kind of right a refusal with with those chapters. So if there's anything that made them uncomfortable, or anything they wanted me to change, or if they wanted names changed, or anything like that. Um, we did it. So, um, but I will say, I don't know. I mean, they just, I can't, I really can't stress enough how unbelievably gracious and supportive and open they have been in terms of, I mean, I would think I try to put myself in their shoes sometimes and think, what if one of them like, were writing books and came to me and said, okay, I want to tell about that time you did this thing. Mm. And I, 
you know, and I don't don't know that I would be so willing to go like, yeah, just tell it, whatever. But Mm. that's exactly what they've done. And, Mm. and um, it's kind of a cool thing. It's neat to, I don't know. It's they've all my my college friends, especially from the time that we were 19 and they first knew that I really liked to write until now, you know, 25 years later, they have been just so consistently supportive. And I really think they thought I was going to write books way before I did Mm -hmm. um, and have just always pushed me toward that. And so it's kind of like when I finally got to a place where I was ready to write one, they were just, they were all in. And so, um, I don't know. I just, I cannot imagine, and I do not even want to imagine what my life would be like without them. Well, I think, the they, I think they must, they must trust you a lot because you've probably set your reputation up that, that you, you handle friends well and you're careful, not even in your writing, just in talking with them. And, you know, like you said, always being kind, you, you talk about your family and how if they told stories, they were never mean spirited. No, no, they weren't. And and I think our with my friends, too, I think we've always had, it kind of blows my mind looking back because I know what a, a fool I was when I was in college. <laughs> but but as far as our friendships are concerned, not that we, I mean, there were every once in a while we'd have a disagreement, but there was, but um, I don't know, we were always just really for each other and mm. not jealous of each other. Mm. And and um kind of assuming I, the best I, I absolutely assuming the best and not the worst and and so I didn't know that that was special really mm. in when I was younger I just thought that's how everybody operated and so now that I've gotten older especially now that I work with teenage girls um I realize like oh my goodness like we mm. were just mm. we were so incredibly blessed in terms of our relationships with each other um, you know, there's, there's not a place in that group from college, not a place where there's been a falling out. There's not a place where there's, um, like where everybody is not still intact and whole mm. as far as our relationships with each other are concerned. And so that's just, that's, that's really special, yeah. really healthy. Yeah. And so, um, and I can say like, we, we will all tell each other when we're annoyed, but by and large, and I think that's where Melanie, Melanie and I connected. Big Mama, where we connected is because that's what her friendships have been like with her college friends. And mm. so I think we kind of saw that in each other. Like, okay, this is a safe place because mm. I absolutely always want to be a safe place for, yeah. for, for my friends because they, they're a safe place for me. That's really good. And I think those those college friends, like you mentioned, there's something special about you've lived together. You've, you've, you've seen all the sides of the person give each other maybe a little more grace. I don't know what it is, but you did. You've seen every mood they have, (laughs) you know, you've seen them at, at, at at 11 o'clock at night. You've seen them at at six o'clock in the morning. You've seen them probably if we're honest in my case, (laughs) at a lot of points in between. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and love them in spite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And you just, you do. I just, I can't, you know, and we were all kind of at varying we weren't all in the same place in terms of our faith. Every, everybody was um, a believer, but we were just at you know really different levels of maturity. And so um, as far as that was concerned, yeah. and there was just a lot of grace there. There still is a lot of grace there, I, I think with each other. And um, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I'm, think, I'm thinking about, you know, people who might be listening that maybe that's not true for them. Maybe they didn't have the good college group of friends mm-hmm. and they're just desperate for it. Do you yeah. talk anywhere in the book? Is it just kind of your stories or it's not maybe not advice, but like 
would someone get ideas on how to kind of develop those relationships or not? No. I don't know that. I, I mean, no, I don't, I don't really give advice, but I think that, um, you know, if you want to be a good, like really to be a good friend, Melanie, and I have talked about this before, like you got to love somebody the way that you want to be loved. Mm. And so I think that what happens a lot of times is we don't trust people. So we test them mm. and that's just the quickest way to alienate somebody, you know, mm. or we create drama with like, just to see how they respond or how they react. And I mean, I will say like, it's hard, you know, it's hard. I think we, you know, we can still feel left out, absolutely feel left out in our thirties and our forties and our fifties. Mm. We can feel, you know, hurt and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, I don't know. I think you really have to practice being the kind of friend that, that, that you want and, and, and hopefully, you know, God will show you those people who will tend to your heart really well. And I think one hard thing I find, I've got my church friends. I've got, you know, Mm -hmm. we have private school friends. We've got old church friends that now go to a different church. We've got, you know, friends from when we did play groups. I've kind of got all these little scattered friendships. So I can't talk to every single person in every single group every single day. Right? Right. Yeah. So then there gets hurt feelings that you haven't stayed in connection and, and they don't assume the best that you still like them. You just can't talk to everybody all the time. Yeah. And And there's all the people I'm keeping alive every day. There's that's sure. And that's, that's no small thing. That's no, I think that's, you know, I think you just hit on something that's huge and that's maybe the thing that's kept these college friendships so healthy is there's, there's no pressure um, it's, it's like you're, you're, you're blessed when you're leaving, you're blessed when you come back in and there's great understanding that there are just times where you are able to stay in touch more than you can at other times. And, um, like they all, like when I'm like, when I'm in the middle of writing a book, I mean, I'm, I'm not the most, um, I don't want to, I mean, certainly I, I kind of keep up with what's going on, but I don't, I don't you have don't a lot initiate. of really like, yeah. No, I don't have yeah. a lot of long conversations on the phone. Like I, I just don't. Yeah. Um. But there's always such grace, and there's always just an instant welcome. And I think that that's where a lot of friendships go wrong is we put pressure on each other. Mm. And I always say like I can't do high maintenance friendships. No. Like you know I've got to I've got to have people um who are good if we talk every day or we don't talk for a month. Mm-hmm. Like I just the high maintenance stuff I think will wear people out. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, I think it goes back to that. Assuming the best, assume that they're for yes. you. If you, if you assume that they're for you, then you don't make up the stories of, well, they just got annoyed. Cause I said that thing about such and such or yeah. no, you just gotta, you gotta give a lot of grace yeah. because people are busy and people and, 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 you know, families are busy and yeah. especially I feel like I'm, we're kind of entering a stage too where, like our parents are getting a little bit older and that's a whole other, that's a whole other deal. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. so yeah, you do, you have to just assume the best and, and, um, and know, and just trust that if, you know, when push comes to shove, if you need them, they're going to be there. Now, did you all in your little group ever have, like, they all got invited to go somewhere and they left somebody out and then all those feelings of missing out, like, like on social media, like we were talking about at the beginning with the teenagers, they see a picture and, four of their friends went out to dinner and it's them all cute, a little ussy <laughs> and they didn't get invited. You know, how do, how do we is like, you know, we're in our thirties. This should be okay, but we can still get our feelings hurt when we open up the, the Facebook and see everyone's there and not us. Yeah. 
Um, I haven't had that as much with my college friends, but I mean, I, I, I absolutely know what you're talking about, like in the here and now with, mm-hmm. with, um, with the girls, but here's, but here's what I think, like everybody can't do everything together, you know, <laughs> like that's the reality. Right. But then the little yeah. lies sneak in. Right. And, 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 and it, like, honestly, who wants to go to dinner with nine people? <laughs> it's impossible. Who wants to go to dinner with, with nine people? It's mm-hmm. not fun. Mm-hmm. You can't talk. You end up like just talking over each other. Like, mm-hmm. so. I think that's just another opportunity to say, you know what, Lord, like bless them <laughs> because, because, and just extend some grace. And then mm-hmm. I think if it bothers you enough, then call them and invite them to go somewhere, you know, the next week or something. But, but yeah, cause you can just wear yourself out with that kind of stuff. And I have done hard. it too. I'm not saying like, you know, I don't get it, No. but um, you do, you just have to kind of, you cannot, you just can't do it. Everybody can't do everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's I think good. when it starts, if it feels mean, that's different. But if it's just, you know, that four people got together and went out to dinner or that, you know, a lot of times, too, I feel like with kids and sports, um, moms whose kids play certain sports kind of get to know each other on a different level than just moms at school. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep, that is true. We just we have to practice being laid back about that stuff. At least I do. Yes. Yes, and don't and and not let it stop you from having the get together because you're nervous because you don't know right. you don't want to hurt anybody's yeah. feelings because you want to invite all the people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. someone gave me good advice. They said if you haven't had a one-on-one coffee or them over to your house, then mm-hmm. that may not be the person you're supposed to invite to that little thing at your house. Maybe if if that's you know if you're trying to think who do I include, who do I exclude from this large group, if you don't consider them a close enough friend to have a one-on-one time hmm. so that's true I thought, i've never well, really thought about it that way but yeah i guess there might be something sense. to that i don't know because yeah. i always think well they know that person and that person i like do the long connect how are they gonna <laughs> find out that we got together so she's gonna <laughs> talk to her and she's yeah I'm, i've got a whole outline draw on the board uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah and i tend to be a person anyway like i really i kind of prefer one-on-one stuff mm. um like a, like or or like you know, maybe I like I went to dinner last week or week before last with a couple of friends and that was great. Like three people. That's about as much as I can. Well, I then can, you're in the all the conversations. I don't like to miss yes. the conversations. So if there's right. 12, 13, 16 people, I'm missing on what they're talking about over there. And yeah. not that I'm jealous. I just I like to hear what everybody's talking about. I don't want them I to have to repeat too. themselves later. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's tricky, though. It's just, you know, it's you just. Again, I think just great grace. You just we just have to be people of great grace with each other. Well, and I think that if they all pick up your book, home is where my people are. <laughs> see, you see what I did there. That, I did. I um, I think that what's great about your writing is they just kind of get it. Like as you're writing, it just kind of absorbs into your person this thinking positively of people and and warmth and just good stuff and so maybe it'll help form hearts to think the best of their friends instead of yeah i think i mean people are god's greatest earthly gift to us Mm. and i just um you know i mean i know people can drive us crazy and they can get on our nerves (laughs) and all that kind of stuff but by the same token um life would be real boring without them Mm. so i think that um yeah I, i i think my mama somehow instilled and, and daddy too, but mama was the more vocal of the two about it, but just we'll never regret being kind, you mm-hmm. know, 
Yeah. I have a friend that says that all the time. You'll never regret being kind. Because I'm the one to get all passionate and say the hurtful thing. But, yes, <laughs> I think I'll never regret being kind. Yeah. yeah we will never regret being yeah. kind. I tell Alex that all the time. I mean, even even when we're just as frustrated, um, mm-hmm. we'll just – we'll never regret being kind. And we'll never regret being gracious. And um, and that does not always mean it's easy. But, but by and large, I think it makes things a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if everyone could just be nice – We'd have world peace. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There it Although is. we need some, we got to have the fight. We got to have feisty people, though, so we have some justice. I uh, know. So, That's where I get in trouble. I get yeah. all justice y, and then I'm yelling at yeah. a birthday party at some kid, <laughs> jumping on another kid. So, <laughs> so yes, yes. All right. Well, take you know, all of us. <laughs> take all of us. So, if you think so much, I hope you have fun this weekend. I just realized it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, but you know, I don't watch pro football. So you don't even care. No, I mean, we're huge college sports fans. Like yeah. we are. And right now, as I talk to you, I've got the Mississippi State Ole Miss basketball game on oh, the well, TV with the volume turned down. <laughs> but it's 32 to 28, states oh, winning. Um, I, I won't ring my cowbell though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like we love college sports. I'm actually going to a women's retreat this weekend. Um, and it's at the beach. And so I'll come back oh. Sunday, but. Um, you're not, I don't, you're I mean, not, too I, you're not going to make any dips or anything. I mean, I usually do something, you know, I mean, I, I we recognize that it's own, <laughs> but we don't really have a dog in the fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right. we just kind of, yes. um, college, college football is sort of our, our, our big sports, um, deal for the year. And then we love college baseball too. And it's coming up, but, um, anyway, but I will watch, you know, I think it's fun. I'm, I'm I probably not. read while we're watching, you know, <laughs> That's great. That's I may write a blog post or two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah. That's amazing. You can do that at the end of the day. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, thank you for taking your time and speaking such words of encouragement to everyone. And I just I just love chatting with you and listening to your voice. So great. Thanks, Heather, for having me. I of love course. being with you. Of course. All right. You have a good night and a good trip to the beach. Thanks. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.